Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Hey, let's do this. Can we give it up for Jesus a little bit better than that? Come on. Give it up for Jesus. Give him what he deserves this morning. Come on. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, it is such an honor uh, and a privilege that Pastor Tim would ask me to speak. Do you all love your pastor? Can we give it up for him as well? Come on. Yeah, he's awesome. I got to tell you, you have a world-class pastor. I've been around a lot of great men of God and a lot of great, you can stay standing, a lot of great churches. Um, and I'm telling you, it doesn't get much better than Pastor Tim. Y'all are blessed. He, he sends his love. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He sends his love, and he will be back next week. So I know we're all excited about that. It's going to be awesome. But I got you today, so we're going to have a lot of fun. Hey, let's, uh, let's pray together before we jump in. Go ahead and lift your hands up if you want to receive from God this morning. God, we come before you, and we are, uh, we're expectant. We need to be different leaving than when we came. So, God, I, I can't do that. So help me to help people. There are hundreds of different circumstances and stories that I don't know, but, God, you do, and you care. So help them. We pray that when everything is said and done in this place, that you, Jesus, the Lord of our lives, the head over all things to this church, you would be pleased, you would be honored, and that these, your people, every single one of them will be helped today. And that's our prayer in Jesus' name. And everybody said amen and amen. Help help me welcome my online campus. What's up, y'all? Good to have you with us. Y'all can have a seat. So I'm not proud of this, but I've probably been in more dumpsters than anybody here. That's not something to brag about, but it's true. Before coming to this great church a few years back, my wife and I had the incredible honor to help start a church in Orlando. Uh, That church actually became one of the fastest growing churches in America. We saw God do some incredible things there. Uh, But if you want to make a lot of money, don't start a church. So in order to be a part of that great move of God there, we had to start a pressure washing business to feed ourselves, pay the bills, and keep a roof over our heads. So we end up pressure washing gas stations in the middle of the night. And so it was was tough, but one of the worst parts about that, that job were the spiders. And I'm not talking like the little ones that you can, like with a sandal. I'm not talking about those. I'm talking about those big old hairy mugs. You know what I'm talking about? Look, the ones that come up the wall and you're like, Lord Jesus, help me. Where's the flamethrower? Like, I, I just need to take, the, like, those big old hairy fast ones. I got to tell you, if spiders grow wings, I'm never leaving the house. If this happens, check this out. If that becomes a reality... And that thing's flying. Like, I'm, I'm quitting life. I'm quitting everything. I'm never, I'm bolts on the doors. I'm done. Sorry, I'll never see you again. Sorry, not sorry. I'm, that's it. Uh, <laughs> Satan was allowed to create two things. Spiders and cats. And that's it. But the worst part about pressure washing gas stations in the middle of the night was the fact that I had to pressure wash the dumpsters. <sighs> So imagine like the worst garbage you can, 
because they sell food at gas stations and that's pretty much the worst that it gets. The worst garbage you can, spray some water on that, and then take that water and spray it on yourself. That was my life. So I'd be 2 a.m. spraying off these dumpsters and it, the water like kicking back at me, like in my mouth and on my, on my face and stuff. Yeah, real life. And then I would go home to my wife who, seriously, I believe she has the most powerful sense of smell in recorded human history. I think it's her spiritual gift. And I'm really mad at God about it. Guys, I didn't know I smelled bad until I got married. You know what I'm talking about? You, you, know, you know what I mean. You're like, I'm good. And she's like, you're not. You know what I'm, you know what I'm talking about. So I would go home smelling so gross and feeling dirty, grimy, and disgusting. And if we were honest today, I think that a lot of us feel that way about our past. Like we're dirty. Like we're grimy. Like we're disgusting. If we were honest, a lot of us feel like garbage because of our past. If we were honest, a lot of us have things in our past that we are not proud of. Maybe you broke a promise. Maybe you were supposed to come through for somebody, and now it's too late. Maybe you did steal that money. You betrayed a friend. You popped the pills. You drank too much. You went back on your word. You had a one-night stand. You slept with someone that wasn't your spouse. Maybe you spiraled into an addiction that nobody knows about. Maybe something horrible happened to you, and you carry the guilt feeling like you're responsible. If we were honest today, a lot of us have a question. And when the noise of life fades away, when everyone's gone, it's just you and yourself. The question in the deepest recesses of our souls, the question is lingers. That question is, how do I handle the guilt of my past? How do I handle the guilt of my past? And let me just encourage you this morning. This is a me too message. Do you have a past you're not proud of? Me too. Do you wish you could go and do some things differently? Me too. Are there some things that you've done in dark places that you wish you could forget? Me too. Do you feel like garbage sometimes because of the past and the things that you've done? Me too. Everyone say me too. Look, there are no perfect people allowed today, by the way. So if you are, I'll give you a moment, get up and go. I'm going to mess you all up today. Me too. You're not alone. And you are not without Today, we're going to spend some time in John chapter 8. If you have a Bible, John chapter 8. If you don't, I brought mine. It's really big. and It's going to be behind me. John chapter 8, verse 1. If you're new to the Bible or church or anything like that, I'm glad you're here. Our Bible's in two big chunks. We have the Old Testament, 
which is the story of God before Jesus, and then Christmas happens, Jesus is born, eggnog is invented, and then we have the New Testament, which is the story of God after Jesus is on the earth. So we're in the New Testament, in the book of John, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, fourth book in the New Testament, all about Jesus. John chapter 8, verse 1, we're just going to read and talk about it. Here we go. Jesus returned to the Mount of Olives, but early the next morning, he was back again at the temple. A crowd soon gathered, a very large crowd like this today, and he sat down and taught them. What's really cool about this is that big crowds followed Jesus everywhere he went because he was irresistible. So if you're here today, you wouldn't say you're a church person, you're not a Christian, you don't like us, you're not about this stuff. Maybe you're actually here and you are resistant to Jesus. You are resistant to God. That's not his fault. That's probably our fault. If you're here and you're resistant to Jesus, he didn't do anything. You probably were treated poorly by a Christian who had a good heart but missed the point altogether. So if you're here and you are resistant to Jesus, give him a shot. It wasn't his fault, it's ours, and I'm sorry. So I'm really glad you're here. So a big crowd all around Jesus. Verse 3, as he was speaking, the teachers of religious law and the Pharisees, that's the church people, they want everybody to be perfect, and they're not, but they want everyone else to be. The Pharisees brought a, this is crazy, a woman who had been caught in the act of adultery. They put her in front of the crowd. Teacher, they said to Jesus, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Stop there. Don't gloss over that. She was caught in the act. That means someone had to like walk in. Read your Bibles. Huh. Oh, my eyes, no! Like someone had, to, someone had to walk in, took this woman, caught in the act of adultery, found chicken wow wow. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Drug her half naked in front of a crowd, probably the biggest crowd she's ever seen in her life, in front of a man who everyone thought was God. Can you imagine the shame and the guilt? I bet this is the worst moment of her entire life. I bet she felt like we do sometimes. Like complete and utter garbage. Have you ever felt like garbage before? I have. From the age of 11 to 21, I struggled with an addiction to pornography like many of you are here today. I know what it feels like to hate yourself. I know what it feels like to have shame. I know what it feels like to not want to look people you love in the eye. I know what it feels like to feel like garbage. I know what it feels like to have something in your life that you hate, that you try and get over on your own, but you can't. I know what it feels like to be in bondage and not be able to move or go or do the things you want to do because you're stuck. I know what it feels like to feel like garbage. And so does this woman. And I'm guessing so do you. Because the truth is, you've got garbage. You've got garbage. You got a past you're not proud of? Me too. You wish you could do some things different? Me too. 
You wish you could forget some things? Me too. Come on, you've got a past. You've got garbage, and so do I. So here's this woman who feels like complete and utter garbage in the worst moment of her entire life. And the Pharisees continued, verse 5. So they drug her in front of Jesus, and they said, hey, the law of Moses says we get to stone her to death. So they're all excited about it. They're like warming up the rotator cuffs. They're like doing jumping jacks, drinking Gatorade. They're like, all right, put me in, coach. Let's do this thing. We get to stone her. What do you say, Jesus? They were trying to trap him into saying something they could use against him. But Jesus instead, like a boss, stooped down and wrote in the dust with his finger. They're like, we get to stone her. Let's go. Put me in, coach. Let's do this thing. And Jesus is like, no. And he starts writing in the dust with his finger. No one knows exactly what he was writing. But theologians and people that study the Bible think this, and I agree with them. Or I like to think so at least that Jesus was writing all the mistresses' names of the people that want to stone this woman. Yeah. Hey, Frank, I know you want to stone her for adultery, but how's Jessica? <laughs> Ooh. Hey, Tom, how's Mary? Naughty boy. So cool. He's writing in the dust with his finger. In verse 7, they kept demanding an answer. So he stood up again and said, all right, you want to kill her? Go for it. But here are the rules. But let the one who has never sinned, the one who's perfect, you get to throw the first stone. Then he stooped down again and wrote in the dust with his finger. So he's writing there, and they keep shouting at him, hey, let's stone her. What do you say? What do you say? And he's like, he just gets fed up. He's like, all right, if you're perfect, you kill her. Peace. And he goes right back down. And it's right and the finger is so, Jesus is so cool, man. Verse 9. This is so good. When the accusers heard this, they slipped away one by one. Thud, 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 dropping their rocks, beginning with the oldest until only Jesus was left in the middle of the crowd with the woman. What I think is so interesting about that is that the older men left first. And I think it's because the more life you live, the more experience you have, you don't have to think very long. Am I perfect? You got a resume, man. You got a resume of sin, of shame, of guilt, of failure, and so do I. You don't, the longer you live, you're like, yeah, I know, I'm jacked up. All right, I'm out of here. You're right. Until probably some young punk 20-something's like, no, I'm awesome. Because that's what you think when you're young, is that you're great. You're great. You're just not that great. Just give it some time. You'll see. <laughs> I can say that. I'm kind of young, sort of. Um, thank you very much. Verse 10. Then Jesus stood up again and said to the woman, this is so great, hey, where are your accusers? Where did they go? Didn't even one of them condemn you? Not even the 21-year-old punk? Not even him? No, Lord, she said. And Jesus said to this guilty woman, just like you and just like me with a past, he says, well, neither do I. Go and sin no more. This is the same grace that's available for you today. Jesus is like, look, I know you've got a past. Obviously, everyone sees you have a past. But I'm not so concerned with that. I can handle that. I'm strong enough to handle that. But instead of harping on her past, he points to the future and says, hey, look, go and sin no more. i got to tell you, I, I know maybe some of you are here because 
and you, maybe you're resistant to church, you haven't come back, you've been in and out because you think God is mad at you and he has rules. And when he tells you no, it's just to tell you no because he wants to tell you no. When Jesus says no, it's to save you from yourself. When Jesus says no, it's to save you from yourself. It's true. And he says to this woman, he says, hey, go and sin no more. He's not telling her, go, don't go have fun. He's saying, hey, look, you're doing some things that are obviously hurting you. Go and sin no more. There's a better future ahead of you. Go and sin no more. And that same grace is available for you and me today. Yeah, I have a crisp, clean, brand new $100 bill right here. It even smells good. Anybody want it? Yeah, me too. Yeah, so I, I got another baby on the way, more mouths to feed. Sorry, my wife would kill me. Okay, so, so that's nice. It's all crisp and clean and beautiful and you want it and so do I. How about now? So how about let's ball it up. Let's get it all crinkly and messy and nasty. Let's get it all. Anybody still want that? Yeah, yeah me too. I still want it too. Even though it's gross and messed up. All right, how about now? Let's throw it on the ground. I'll get it all up in there, some dirt. and Oh, my, my pack. <laughs> yeah, I got skills. What's up? So I get it, get it all up in there, get some dirt from the stage and those chew germs, wherever those have been, just, oh, uh, yeah. Anybody want it? Yeah, yeah me too. <laughs> we still want this thing. Why? Because it hasn't lost its value. Even though it's gross looking and folded up and ugly and dirty, it still has the same amount of value from when it first started. That's how God sees you. That's how God sees you. No matter how dirty, no matter how ugly your past may be, God still sees you with the same amount of value from day one when you arrived on planet earth. Because church, you've got garbage but you're not garbage. You've got garbage. You've got a past. You've got stuff. Me too. But that's not who you are. You've got garbage, but you are not garbage. And today, I pray by God's power, you can drop that garbage and be free in Jesus' name. Yeah. You've got garbage, but you are not garbage. So you might be out there today thinking, all right, that's great. I'm excited. Yay, Jesus. What's my part like, how, how does this work? If the guilt of your past is still heavy on you, I want you to know you're not alone. If you look down your aisles, you'll see people that have a past too. You'll see stories that you've never heard and may never hear. You've seen people that have walked through some very hard things, just like you. You're not alone. And you are not without help. So the question we're trying to answer today is, okay, how do I handle the guilt of my past? How do I, how do I handle it? How do I handle the guilt of my past? Well, odds are you've tried everything by now. Running away didn't help because you're now just more lost than before. Numbing yourself didn't help because you're just in more pain than before. That relationship didn't help because now you're just more isolated and lonely than before. That habit didn't help. It just became an addiction that led to more bondage than you had before. So how do we do it? How do we handle the guilt of our past? And I'm here to tell you today, you can't. 
because Jesus already did for you. You can't. How do you handle the guilt of your past? You're too late because Jesus did it for you. 2,000 years ago, God was separated from man by a thing called sin. And sin is just what separates us from God. It's when we try and go our own way, be the God of our own life. We think it's going to work, but it's never really worked how we wanted it to work. So sin was separating us from God. So he sent Jesus, his one and only son, to the earth to live a perfect, sinless life. A life that you cannot live and that I cannot live. Because you're not perfect and neither am I. But Jesus was. And Jesus lived a perfect life, healing people, performing miracles, teaching people things that blew their mind because he was God in the flesh. And then some of those same people that he healed and loved and taught thought he deserved to die. So they took Jesus, the perfect son of God, and they beat him till he was unrecognizable. With fists and feet and whips and rods, they beat him mercilessly and spat on him and made fun of him. Then they took Jesus, the perfect son of God, and made him carry a heavy wooden death machine called the cross until they got to the top of a hill. Then they laid Jesus on the cross and plunged huge spikes through his wrists and through his feet and stood Jesus up on that cross to die. And I truly believe with every fiber of my being that if you were the only person to suck wind off of planet earth, Jesus would have come, lived a perfect life, and died a sinner's death just for you. And just for you, and 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 for you, you, sir. Because that's how much God values your life. Jesus was on that cross. He breathed his last. Then he died. But then three days later, he ascended to heaven in all power over sin and death. Why? Why do you have to do all that? So that you could be forgiven for all of it, all of your sin, all of your shame, all of your guilt, all of the dirty, disgusting, dark things you've done in dark places that you never want to think about or speak about ever again, even those things are wiped away forevermore. So that you can live a life full of purpose, meaning, joy, and fulfillment on this earth. And so that when you die, you never really die. But you get to live an eternity with God forever. In heaven. And that is good news for us today. Yeah. How do you handle the guilt of your past? You can't. You're not the fixer. You're not the savior. You're not the healer. You're too late. Jesus is. So what's your part? What's your part to play in all of this? Your part is simple. You don't have to perform miracles. You don't have to die on a cross. None of that. It's taken care of. Your part's simple. Your part is confession. Because when you confess, God handles your mess. When you confess, God handles your mess. When you confess, when you come clean about who you are and what you've done, that's when God can intervene. When you confess, God handles your mess. And God has given us the gift of confession so that we can experience two things, two very different but interconnected things. We can experience forgiveness for our past and we can experience healing from our past. So if you're here today and you need forgiveness for your past, you need to confess to God 
confess to God. No one else can forgive you of sin. You can't, can, you can't forgive you. Your friend can't forgive you. Your mama, your daddy. Nobody can forgive you of sin but God himself because he paid for it. 1 John 1.9 says, If we confess our sins, he is faithful and just and will forgive us our sins and purify us from all unrighteousness. If you need forgiveness today, if you need to be right with God, I'm going to give you the opportunity to do that in just a few moments, and we'll get that right forever, and it'll change you forever. But forgiveness comes from God. But there are so many people here, and I, I prayed this week for this moment for you right now. There's so many people here that you are right with God. You have salvation by grace through faith in Jesus Christ. You're forgiven but you are not healed. You're not walking in the healing that you want and you're not walking in the healing that God wants for you. You you confess to God for healing. You confess to God for forgiveness, but you confess, this is really important, you confess to people for healing. And many of you won't do this. And I pray you're different. I pray that you take this moment seriously and you confess to someone else. First to God and then to a person that you can meet eyes with. Confess to God for forgiveness, but people for healing. Because James 5.16 tells us, confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be what? What? Healed. We get forgiveness of sin from God but only in relationships with God's people and confession to God's people can we find true healing. And many of you won't do it, but I pray you're different. Many of you will not walk in the healing that God wants for you and that you want for your life because of your secrets. And you are only as sick as your secrets. I want that to sink in. I want you to feel that. You are only as sick as your secrets. If there's something in your life that nobody else knows about, it owns you. It's your master. You're its slave. But the second, the moment that you confess yes to God first for forgiveness, but you confess to somebody, look somebody in the eye and confess, say, this is really what's going on. Can you help me? This is really what's going on. I'm sorry. This is really what's going on. Can you walk with me? The second you do that, the grip of guilt is broken in your life. And you can find freedom because you took that sin into the light. And it can't grow there. You're only as sick as your secrets. I pray that you confess to people. And I'm so fired up about this message today. I can stand before you and be an open book about all my sin, about all my guilt, about all my shame. Not because I'm perfect today, far from it. Not because I'm proud of what I've done, not at all. But I can stand before you today and show you my garbage because I know I've been forgiven and I know I've been healed through the power of of confession. And that's what I pray for you. So how do I handle the guilt of my past? 
You can't. Jesus already handled it 2,000 years ago. You're too late. You're not strong enough. But Jesus is. What's your part? When you confess, when you come clean, when you confess, God handles your mess. When you confess to God for forgiveness and confess to people for healing. He does all of that in spite of you, in spite of me, because he's a good God who values you so very much he gave his son for you. Even though, yes, you've got garbage, but look at me. You've got garbage, but you're not garbage. Did y'all get anything out of this today? Let's do this. No one, no one moving around, heads bowed, eyes closed. Please don't leave or move if you don't have to. This is the most important time together. No one looking around, heads bowed, eyes closed. If you're here, I want to pray for two groups of people. The first group, if you're here and you're right with God, you have forgiveness of sins, but you're not walking in healing. And you want the boldness to confess to somebody maybe that you've wronged this week. Or confess to someone that can keep you accountable and help you. If that's you. I want to pray with you. If you want boldness so you can find healing, lift your hand right now. I just want to see who I'm praying with. Need to confess. Awesome. Okay. Thank you. Put your hands down. I want to pray with you. God, I thank you for these incredible people that want to take you at your word. God, they have a past and they want to be honest about it. First to you, but then to people. Maybe they've wronged somebody. I pray that, that they tell the truth, that they come clean, that they confess and they trust you with the results. And God, I pray in their small groups this week that they come clean to somebody else about it as well so they can keep them accountable, pray for them, help them, and walk through the process of healing with them. With heads so bowed, eyes so closed, no one looking around, if you're here and something came alive on the inside of you, when I was talking about what Jesus did for us on the cross, and through him and through him alone, you can have forgiveness of sins, new life, and eternity with God forever in heaven. If something came alive on the inside of you, I want you to know that's God working on your heart that brought you here for this moment right now. If you're here and you'd like to accept Jesus Christ as your personal Lord and Savior for the first time, or you want to come on back to God, I want to pray with you a simple prayer. I'm not going to make you come forward. I'm not going to make you stand up. I'm just going to ask you to raise your hand on the count of three if you want to be included in that prayer. One, Jesus is here and his power is real for you. Two, this is your moment. Don't let it pass you by. Come on, three, hands up right now. You want Jesus. You want forgiveness of sins, new life. That's incredible. Hands up all over this place. Keep them up, keep them up. Keep them up proud. No one's looking around. It's just you, me, and God. Come on, keep them up, keep them up, keep them up. So proud of you. In just a moment, you're going to get a card in your hand. Keep your hand up until you get that card. We'll talk about that in a moment. But everybody, repeat this prayer out loud after me for the benefit of those who are praying this for the first time. Repeat after me. God, thank you for loving me. Even when I didn't love you. I know I'm a sinner. And I need your forgiveness. So right now, make me new. I believe in my heart and I confess with my mouth that Jesus, you are Lord and I give you that place in my life. Help me to live for you the rest of my days in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen, amen. Hey, can we celebrate, lose our minds for all those people? Come on, baby. Yeah. Hey, look, church. 
Look, that never gets old. We're trying to make it hard for people to go to hell in Marion County, and that never gets old. Please don't move yet. If you're one of those people that got a card, I'm so proud of you. Best decision you could ever make in your life. Please fill out that card. Take it to one of our ushers as you leave. We're not going to do anything weird with that information. All we're going to do is send you some info so you can uh, go on your journey with Jesus because it's awesome, but it's too big to do alone. Can we celebrate that one more time? So proud of you. That's awesome. That's awesome. Well, Pastor Tim will be back next week. Y'all have a great day. God bless you. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.